of knowing. All right, man. Welcome to Pro Triple Seven Radio. This is episode 470. Jason Lingren is with me, and Mr. Freeman Fly joins us for the first time. Uh, he's been at it a long time. As a matter of fact, I think we'll open uh, covering how long he's been around. Anyhow, welcome, Jason. Yeah, and a not so warm good morning. All right. Well, they're telling us there's a nor'easter coming in. So if we lose the connection, why don't you see if you can carry it through? Because it's not easy getting Freeman on the schedule. Uh, anyhow, welcome, Freeman. Hey, great to be here. I didn't realize this was our first time. We've talked so many times. I didn't realize I hadn't been on your program. Uh, you know, Rose schedules, everything I lose track. It just, you know, after so so many interviews and shows, it just kind of all blends together at some point. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have to dig through records to even keep track of what I've done. <laughs> but anyhow, I mean, you have been at this as long as anyone uh, that I'm aware of, maybe longer than anyone I've been aware of. So, oh, what we should do first Tell folks where they can find your work, where they can sub, that kind of thing. All right. Well, I am one of those banned people, uh, so I'm not easy to find. I've been completely scrubbed from YouTube. If you even do a YouTube search for Freeman Fly, you might find me playing the bass or something, but you certainly won't find any of my work. Uh, there have been a few hidden ones, so I'm obviously shadow banned because I was able to find a few videos of me on YouTube. But anyway, I, I've just recently been banned majorly from youtube they they've banned me a few times but freemantv.com freemantv.com is the website and currently i'm a little disjointed because they've cast all of my stuff sideways and left and right and so uh i'm also now putting all the videos lectures and everything up on rockfin uh from the past decade and past two decades and so rockfin is now where you go for my videos and freemantv.com for the audio and articles and such. And yeah, it's been quite a wild ride, man. Like it's, it's crazy how this all happened. I certainly didn't plan to be this. <laughs> I'll tell you what, YouTube, you know, the other day by chance, uh, we were sitting in front of a TV with YouTube. So I did a search for the lunar wave. It was buried so deep, no one's ever going to find it. The original Lunar Wave finally came up so many pages in, and it was preceded by people saying how I faked it, showing with software how I faked it. I mean, YouTube has become just a complete cluster. I don't even know why people bother. If you're not a influencer, as they call them, playing with a hula hoop or makeup or you know something approved, it's it's a complete shit show. Pardon my French, but let's get into it. When did you begin in this vein? I mean, was it the 90s? Yes. Yes, it was. Uh, let's see. So uh, I was actually off a few years there. So uh, 91 to 93, I, I, I was in community college and I was put into a, a course called Interdisciplinary Studies. And this was a, um, this was a, a, a um, Club of Rome indoctrination program. It was a two and a half year course where you got fully indoctrinated into the limits of growth and all of the, you know, the early propaganda of global governance and, and all of that. So anyway, I was in this, this class and I rocked it, right. Graduated with honors, got my AA with honors, went on to the university, but I was already kind of well aware or aware of things that were going on beyond because I had discovered that my dad was a Freemason. And in college, right? So I'm in, I'm in community college. I'm hanging out with this occultist 
And he's this crazy genius, long hair, rock and roll, punk rocker. <laughs> but he was super genius. And he studied Aleister Crowley. He had all the books. He had all the books of the Golden Dawn and Freemasonry and all the stuff I had never heard of. So I remember when he brought it up and he says, well, this is all esoteric. And I remember somebody in the class saying, that's not a word. And we were all like, what's esoteric? And he's like, well, it means you don't know what it means. And so we started looking at these, these pictures of the, the secret society, magic, uh, high ritual. And I see the compass square and G. I see these other symbols. And I'm like, wait a minute. My dad has this stuff in his top drawer. And my friend's like, uh, no, you know, uh, your, your dad's probably a Mason. And I'm like, no way. Uh -uh, not what you're showing me here. You know, dad's been into some things, but I don't know. And so I went home and I questioned my dad. Now, again, this was 91. And he's like, yeah, absolutely. I'm a Freemason, a worshipful master in the lodge. I uh, was raised in, in Kaiserslautern with uh, Bavaria and all this stuff, right? And then he drops in, well, you know, I chase flying saucers for Hynek, right? And I'm like, what? You know, I've been into this stuff my entire life. My whole childhood, I studied Bigfoot and UFOs and all the high strangeness that Time Life Books was bringing us and all the weirdness in the world. This is what really, you know, fascinated me. And I'm now 25 years old and my dad's just now telling me he chased flying saucers for the government, you know? And he's like, yeah, I was stationed on a South Sea island. I, I manned these four radar dishes and anytime the flying saucers flew over, it was my job to report them. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. So you're saying flying saucers are real? You know, because, you know, I'm just, you know, this is my dad. I'm like, wait, what? And sure enough, you know, all of this, he, he confirmed it. He was on Killer One Submarine with Jimmy Carter. And I've got pictures of him at the Mason's Lodge and all this stuff. I backed it all up. But was he an officer or was he enlisted? He was a chief master sergeant when he left. He did not want to go into officer. He stayed at, at chief master sergeant. That's pretty high up the enlisted chain, though. Okay, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, he had been through a lot and, and a little, a lot of high strangeness. But as I discovered this and, and gathered my father's books together, I started to study Masonic ritual in depth. I mean, I really know this stuff through and through. And as I started to travel around and drive around and seeing corporate logos, they started to speak to me in another language, that of Freemasonry. Suddenly, a canted square took on a whole new meaning. So like the Del E or uh, Enron or, uh, you know, the square put on its point is a, a symbol of Freemasonry. It actually represents when they circle the altar in the lodge before their death and resurrection. And so as I looked around me, I started seeing all these different Masonic codes and everything. Now. When I put out the first film, my very first film was Corporate Logos and their occult meanings. And I literally, there was no Google images at this time. So I had to drive around and find all of the corporate logos to photograph to then put in my documentary, you know? Oh, God, the days of drag and drop. Oh, man. You know, it's like every time I, I do something, it becomes obsolete. Uh, I think that's the nature of our planet and probably something we'll get into here because, I mean, we're moving so fast right now. But so this coded world suddenly started to unveil itself to me. And so I'm like, okay, these guys are magicians. There's more going on here. So by 1999, I'm working at Kansas University 
I'm actually working at Pizza Hut and I run the Pizza Hut at Kansas University. I'm the only employee. It's my Pizza Hut. And uh, I'm feeding the lawyers and the engineers. So in 1999, I'm sitting there bringing them in documents from .gov sites about HARP, about chemtrails, about earthquake generation, about uh, what was coming up at the Y2K celebration. And these lawyers and engineers, they loved it, right? They would come and gather and, and just get this, this information, but they would never believe any of it, right? They all like, ah, you can't believe what you read on the internet. And I'm like, but it says .gov. You know, but this didn't mean anything to anyone back in the early days of the web, right? Like it just didn't matter. They either believed what, you know, they they didn't know what was official and what wasn't. So there wasn't a lot of discernment back then. But then it would come up in the USA Today. And the USA Today is a heavily Masonic newspaper. And it was one of the major papers that we sold there at the cafeteria at Kansas University. So I would see the headlines over and over again. And, and after I would show them this information on HARP, and how it could be used as an earthquake weapon or how it could be used to modify the weather and things of that nature. They'd be like, wow, you can't believe that stuff. And then it would come up on USA Today. Headline reads, Milosevic accuses U.S. of, of uh, causing earthquakes and floods in the Middle East using harp technologies. I mean, it was right there, you know, and I'm like, look. And, you know, at this point, everybody was kind of freaking out about Y2K. And it was 1999, you know, it was getting close. And uh, everybody thought Pink Floyd was playing at the at the pyramids, right? And I'm just like, no, guys. And then everybody was worried about the, the computer meltdown. And I'm like, no, guys, like this is not, you know, they've known about the, the four-digit issue with the year for, you know, 20 years. This is not going to be a problem. There's not, you know, and if anything, I was hoping there would be a major crash, you know, <laughs> let's let all my student loans go away. Let's let all the banking, you know, I was, I didn't care. Let, let it crash, right? Let, let it burn. But I knew that wasn't coming. I would never let that happen. But the, the point I kept trying to point out to people is, Hey, they're capping the great pyramid with gold. All right. <laughs> That's a way bigger symbol. If you look at your dollar bill and you see that pyramid on the dollar bill, that capstone's floating above there because it's a work in progress. If they cap this great pyramid with gold, then that's the completion. Didn't that get blocked? It did yeah. in the weirdest way. Yeah, I was aware that John Michael Jarre was going to be playing the 12 Dreams of the Sun and they were going to be projecting the Eye of Horus and all these things on, onto the pyramids and such. But the, the pyramid story becomes very weird because that, that was my main point to everybody, you know, and, and when that got canceled, let's see, there was another major headline. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> okay, so the major headline, if anyone can find this newspaper, I've been looking for it since 1999, December 18th, 1999, USA Today. All right, write that down. December 18th, 99, USA Today. You can't get this paper. Right. The USA Today doesn't database like other papers. You can't go and even get it on Microfish or anything. It's just not there anymore. So December 18th, 1999, the USA Today headline reads, Muslims stop the Freemasons from capping the Great Pyramid with gold. Oh, that was the headline. Yeah, I'd prove it to you if I could. Uh, but I was there living this moment, you know. And that's a big difference, too. I've lived these moments. These aren't thoughts and theories that I got from other people. So what what actually what occurred? Because I, re I remember it was blocked. I don't remember why. 
but what is it that supposedly happened to prevent the magical golden capstone from going on? All right. So the official story is that Zahi Hawass, who was head of the Giza Plateau at that time. <laughs> Zahi Mayas, okay. Uh-huh, <laughs> who was eventually fired for taking bribes and sexual favors for uh, Egyptian digs, right? Uh, known as the Indiana Jones of, of Egypt. Uh, what an ass. So he claimed that the helicopter dropping this giant capstone of gold onto the top of the pyramid might just damage things. So that was the official story of why they canceled the Great Pyramid. But check this out. and You can go double check all this information. Egyptian Flight 990. Egyptian Flight 990. Okay. Leaves out of LAX. And it flies to Patterson Air Force Base. You know, uh, one of these extraterrestrial Air Force bases that we know of. And never before in, in, in history has a passenger liner landed at this military base and especially a foreign uh, passenger liner, which was Egyptian air, right? And they picked up 33 Egyptian military there at, at Patterson and then uh, also two jet propulsion laboratory scientists, right? So we're getting into the occult there with JPL and the OTO and all that. But anyway, so now we've got 33, <laughs> strange number, Egyptian military, along with a couple of JPL scientists, and they fly off to LaGuardia to prepare for their trip to the Giza Plateau. Why they're going there, we don't know. But as they leave out of LaGuardia, Egyptian Flight 990 suddenly takes a nosedive towards the ocean and gets control again. The pilot is is calling out a Muslim prayer as his plane suddenly just crashes into the ocean. So they claimed it pilot suicide because we did not have the terrorist scare yet. It was currently still just out in the open. So they claimed it was pilot suicide. So after these 33 Egyptian military crashed in the ocean with the Jet Propulsion Laboratory scientists, uh, that's when they announced the canceling of the Great Pyramid capping. I don't know if one has anything to do with the other, but it was really bizarre. So I looked, it's MS-990 is the regular flight call for that flight. Anyone can look it up. And actually, if you put the date 1999 in there, you'll get a whole bunch of wicked Pedia returns. But so what, what do you suppose? So clearly the idea is if the supposed mysterious Freemasons got their cap, that would have been a completion, an announcement of a completion of some sort. Is that yes. the idea behind it? Yes. And what would that completion have been? We own the world now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the next thing to happen, even though uh, they didn't get the capping, okay, so the the entire celebration of Y2K, I watched it from beginning to end. There was a little South Sea island that actually adopted uh, daylight savings time so that they were the first to enter the new millennium. And they had their grass skirts and they did their little presentation. It was cute. Uh, but then it moved around the world, right? So uh, this is my first film, right? This is what you'll find all in, in occult, uh, corporate logos. Because I was recording all of this on VHS, right? So I still had it when 2004 when I got the TV show. So across the globe, they did a massive celebration to Lucifer. So as an example, uh, the capping of the Great Pyramid Gold with the 12 Dreams of the Sun at Egypt. Then at in London... They burnt the River Thames to the speed of the sun. They had fireworks going over the Thames to the speed of the sun, like the River Styx. And they had put up the London Eye, 
which was that big Ferris wheel and the millennial dome. And this formed the hermaphroditic symbolism that they needed. So the dome was like the breast and, and, and big Ben sitting next to it as the phallus. Uh, they did the same thing uh, in America too. And, but in America, they made the sun rise in the West. They made a light so bright behind, I think it was the Lincoln Memorial or Jefferson, I can't remember, uh, a light so bright that it could be seen from Europe. So it appeared that the sun was rising in the West. And this is a sign of Horus. Then Bill Clinton came out and he says, uh, I have a picture from Abraham Lincoln, I believe it was, that's sitting there in, the, in my office and it has the sun low on the horizon. And I've often wondered, is it a rising sun or is it a setting sun? And I'm here to tell you, it is a rising sun and our children are ready. So they did this massive global high profile ritual across the globe. Every nation participated and uh, that celebrated this new millennia that we were heading into with Horus, with uh, Lucifer. You know, we could kind of put those two in the kind of the same category and hailed in this new era. Jason, you're going to have to make a new movie called Lucifer is not a luthier <laughs> and and have a picnic at the crossroad. It, it never ends. And by the way, for those that are new to the channel, let's play the game, Jason. Y2K. Y equals seven. Two is two. So seven plus two is nine. And K is always 11. It's a verbatim 9-11 in code. Hmm. I'm sure you remember, Freeman, not only were they pre-echoing their fake millennium, which, by the way, Seinfeld did some years earlier. Uh, Newman and Kramer had parties. One of them had it on the year 2000. I think it was Newman. And he was informed, don't you know, the millennium is actually 2001. They did this to the and the whole country was watching and still no one caught on. So they pre-echoed with a couple of things uh, that were mainstream. There was the big nonsensical an anthrax attack. But at the same time, uh, Y2K was going on, which, in fact, is as verbatim a 9-11 encode as you could have. Um, it was a crazy time, I remember, because so many people hadn't quite realized that Alice had gone through the looking glass, but something wasn't quite right. Um, and it took, I don't know, till maybe after 9-11 for people to begin to catch on. But when you first picked up, are we talking like what? Very early 90s, 90, 91? Uh, let me just throw in that Michael Richards, the guy who plays... Uh, Mason, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's, he's a man Mason. And if you watch my film with Tex Mars, Codex Magica, on the hand signs and gestures, uh, I show the entire cast of Seinfeld doing Masonic signs. So uh, they took a single photo with all of them giving different Masonic hand signs. So he, he was on the cover at one point, uh, and I think it was after. Do you remember when he yelled nigger during yes. one of his comedy shows? Now, this, yes. this people won't believe me, but these are staged events. They're directed to do it. Here's an, here's a newer example. Does everyone remember when Will Smith at the Academy Awards jumps up and supposedly pummels Chris Rock? You're looking at staged drama and it's, it's the same kind of thing. But if I'm not mistaken, Freeman, he had that comedy club thing where supposedly someone was heckling him. 
and he called them a nigger. Well, he knew he was being filmed, by the way, and that blew up. But I think it was some months later that he appeared with a cigar in his hand on the cover of Freemason Weekly or whatever their publication is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's so true. So, yeah, it's all it's all secretly in there. It's all there for you. But if you don't know the signs and symbols, then, you know, only the Brotherhood recognized these things. And unfortunately, David Icke took my work and changed it from free Masonic symbols and started calling it Illuminati symbols, uh, which is an incorrect statement. So I've had to battle that my whole career when everybody says Illuminati. I'm like, which Illuminati do you mean? You know, are you talking about the Bavarian Illuminati? Because that uh, they, they had owls and goddesses and fives. They didn't have, you know, the Illuminati never had a pyramid. He's not censored either. You know, you notice how his stuff never seems to be censored. And he writes million, million selling book. You know, maybe we could get together David Icke with Dr. Zahi Mayas and Neil Mayas Tyson. There would be a good triplet, right? <laughs> well, let's let's get to how I predicted 9-11. Because it, it really ties into what's going on right now. And I've covered this story ad nauseum, but I'll go through it really fast. Because I expected 9-11 during the Bill Clinton era, right? So the whole Bill Clinton era, they were trying to form Homeland Security. Now, they already had Governor Tom Ridge as the head of Homeland Security, but there was no Homeland Security yet. So I knew they had to force this to come. So uh, the Homeland Security bill came up every October 1st and throughout the Clinton era. And so I kept expecting in the middle of September, some sort of major terrorist attack to, to finally just force this in a false flag. And throughout the whole Clinton era, I kept uh, looking at this, kept saying it, kept talking about it, saying they're going to do something in the middle of September. They're going to do something in the middle of September. Then I started getting more and more into this occult study, and I started to, to realize that they were using new uh, gematria and, and, and number magic. Yep. So I saw the, the HW speech for the New World Order in 1990 on 9-11. On 9-11. So I decided that must be their symbol. And since then, I've dug in to try and get a Kabbalistic explanation of what 9-11 actually means. And my theory is that, um, that, you know, the Kabbalism is based on the tree of life, which has 10 points on it called Sephirah. And once you reach the top of the 10, it goes from earth to heaven. Then there's another tree begins. So basically starting at 11 and going up. Well, if you go from nine to 11, 10 is God. 10 is the unification, the one and the zero. Perfection. So, yes. So if you go from nine to 11, that means you're becoming a magician without God, basically a sorcerer. In my opinion, that's what 9-11. I, I can give you, you want to, you want to hear my big observation on it? Sure. I did exactly what you did. Why the hell is it always nines and 11s? Um, luckily, decades ago, I bumped into the Christian mystics and that's when I realized, oh, numbers have this whole other meaning that we were never told about that used to be quite prevalent back in the days. So I always wondered what's what. One thing is I realized the metonic cycle of the moon is important. That's 19 years. The other one that we hear about from mainstream is the 11-year solar cycle. So I began to realize that these ones and nines were somehow drawn. But here's what I noticed, exactly what you said. In my book, nine is completion. 
That's when it rolls over to one again. And 10 is in fact perfection. And so it's exactly what you said, but I take it a bit further. So what they've done is they put us in a broken loop, so to speak. So we started out going one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10. If it was a completion that was perfect, otherwise you rolled a one. Either way, you rolled a one. When 9-11 happened, we began to count two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 11. And if you really want to be exact, one and two are both gone. So the complete you know, the complete triad has been removed, like the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So then it ends up going three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, eleven, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, eleven. And then I bumped into the Christian mystics again about 15 years ago, and they described why Crowley claims 11 is the evilest of numbers. Crowley can go to hell in a handbasket, which I'm sure he did. I don't accept what these people do because everything is dual. If you can show me a bad observation or usage of a number, I can show you a good one. Matter of fact, I can probably show you a neutral one too. But Crowley's idea was he recognized 10 was godly perfection. So 11 was the first step away from perfection. So that's what I can add about all that. But I had the same thought you did. What's up with the, the, the nines and the ones here all the time? And so when I see it in showing up in like the matrix before 9-11, 2001, or in... uh, Neil's birth date or something like that. Yeah, on his passport. Big big Lebowski's birth date too, I believe. Right. So all these people that thought that was a projection towards the Twin Tower event, uh, I kept trying to explain, no, this has been their Luciferian symbol from the beginning. And if you look at the matrix, obviously Neo is Lucifer when he says it's all light. Uh, and the whole story of him being this ascended being, you know, it's the story of Lucifer. So 9-11 was their symbol for that. It, and so therefore the Twin Tower event was simply a continuation of the symbolism of 9-11, not that they were projecting the Twin Tower event in these movies but more so that this was just their their symbol of lucifer that they could put in so i thought it was the two i kind of viewed it as the two into one right so they took down the gemini twin there which is also 11 uh which is also two is almost always an unfortunate number by the way until you get to the triad of three which is so well shown in the bible but my point being is they went from that twin projection to one the one world idea because we have one world now that replaces. Anyhow, sorry for interrupting. No, that's cool. And uh, let me just add in, because of the whole yay controversy that just occurred, and he put up the Raelian logo. I've actually interviewed the Raelians and met with them and did one of my earliest shows with the Raelians. And, but yay, Kanye West had put up the Raelian logo, up, you know, which was the Star of David with the, the swastika in the center. What is a Raelian? <laughs> Just so I know. Okay, so so here I am. I'm you know it's it's the year two thousand, and I'm I'm watching C-SPAN. I'm an avid C-SPAN viewer, and uh, this is where I first saw chemtrails back in the Gulf War. This is you know everything I learned. I learned from actual experience and and witnessing. So here I am watching C-SPAN, and they're having the congressional hearing on human cloning, and I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> I gotta watch this. And uh, so they had Bridget Boussoulet of Clone Aid there. They had Dr. Savros, uh, another human cloner, and then Ra El. Now, Ra El, that is, uh, you know, this 
Ra and L, right? Okay, yeah, so yeah. he he was Claude Virilian, and he was a a magazine writer on auto races, right? But suddenly he became the head of this this Raelian movement. So he shows up in Congress in his puffy white spacesuit with his star David swastika necklace on, uh, telling us all about our future that's coming, which he wasn't wrong. You know, he's like virtual sex, uh, cloning, uh, electronic drugs, uh, you know, all this stuff that he was he was uh, showing us that was coming in the future. He says, you know, you you will be the first to live forever through cloning, right? And then Bridget Boussoulet claimed that they had already cloned the first clone. They called her Eve. And they couldn't tell you where she lived because, you know, cloning's illegal. But anyway, here's the here's the strange mix in all of this. So that's that's Raya. But wait a minute. So Raelian is just a group that he coined. Is that the idea or is it something more? Well, so the Ra- Rael uh, and his 55 million followers had decided to build an embassy in Israel for the Elohim to return. It had a uh, a flying saucer shaped swimming pool <laughs> and you can go look this up and uh and it it was going to have the star david swastika uh as its prominent symbol there in israel where they wanted to put this uh embassy for the elohim okay well it's good good thinking on them because i've been expecting the elohim any day now so. yes yes uh, they of course claimed to have met them and and they were short little beings and they're flying saucers and stuff those guys again yeah <laughs> <laughs> hey you about done with that joint freeman can you pass it yeah <laughs> <laughs> no go ahead <laughs> well here's here's the crazy part where it ties into the twin towers because Okay, here's how Ra'el got, according to the Twin Tower architect, Paul Laffoley, who, Paul Laffoley, he is a conceptual genius that got kicked out of Harvard for conceptual deviance because he would design time dilation devices that use 30-foot genetically modified jellyfish as their power sources. He was also a, a, a magician and he did a lot of, you know, he's very famous for his magic art. If you look up Paul Affley, I have a number of his speeches on Rockfin and his art and things that I've been putting back up. Uh, so he, he, he would do these amazing technical drawings of, of magical practice or it's, it's kind of hard to explain unless you see it. But he also was the Twin Tower architect. So he he was working on the blueprints of the first tw- gig, or was he an actual was he actually an architect, or did he just get the architect gig for the Twin Towers? No, he was an architect. Okay, and uh, you you can see a lot of that in his technical drawings and stuff. So he he was in charge of like nineteen floors or something. I, I don't remember, but it was something like that. And this was a magical number for him too. So he was fascinated that he had gotten this. And it actually was his idea that he was promoting to them to put uh, passageways between the Twin Towers. He's like, well, you know, if there's ever a fire or anything, you know, you want to be able to, you don't want to have to go all the way down the building. So let's just put these passageways between the Twin Towers. But uh, Yamasaki, uh, you know, the creator, the payer, financier of the Twin Towers, he wouldn't have it. He no, because these... then it would be an H instead of an 11. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Of course. And so um, <laughs> now Paul claimed that that uh, Yamasaki did not have any occult 
aspects to this that he actually wanted them to represent the Rockefeller brothers. And that's why one building slightly taller than the other. That's what Laffley said. But here's the curious thing is Laffley sitting there working on the blueprints and the Bin Laden construction company that was in charge of building the Twin Towers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's say that again. The Bin Laden construction <laughs> company that was in charge of building the, the Twin Towers. Someone been lying. <laughs> uh, they came in in their turbans and they asked Paul, uh, well, where can we put the demolition charges when we want to destroy this and move the building? Which was a common practice, right? In like Las Vegas and such. So Paul's like, oh, all right. So he he actually included the demolition charges, demolition uh, parts into the blueprints of the Twin Towers for the Bin Ladens. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so you know what's funny, and, and I don't want to pull us off track, but do you remember the movie they made where the dude was almost dressed like Marty McFly, but they're claiming some dude tried to put a high wire between the Twin Towers? Yeah, it was like the Spider-Man thing. Oh, uh, it was some French. Anyhow, I'm getting yeah. this too far off track. Anyhow, there's yeah. a relation, some relation to Marty McFly. No, it was a anyhow. true story, and it was with the dude from Third Rock from the Sun. Yeah, the young the young kid there. I don't know his name, but yeah, and they're claiming he pulled it off, and they're claiming it's true life. But anyhow, keep going where you're going. We're go, we're we're veering. Yes, no problems. Okay, so that's just a little bit of Paul Affoli's background, right? A cult artist uh, doing all of this and even Twin Tower architect. So I'm, I'm hanging out with Paul and this whole speech, is his whole talk is actually on Rockfin right now. I put it up uh, in honor of the yay thing because everybody's like, well, where did that swastika star David come from? And the story Paul Affoli has to tell on this is, you know, unbelievable. But yet, you know, I've, I always wonder if these people are, can really just sit across from me and lie to me like this, or if life is truly this bizarre. I don't know. <laughs> I, I remain open. But so the story goes that uh, Paul Affoli's brother was at Mount Vesuvius and got abducted into uh, something and was given this star David swastika necklace, which Paul Laffoli claimed was molecularly, uh, you could put a pencil through it and it would just reform back into its shape. It was, you know, very weird metal. Yeah. And so Paul's brother brings this home, gives it to Paul and Paul's family freaks out because they had been in world war two and, you know, they can't have the star David swastika things that around. And so that, Paul hides it in a, in a luggage inside the luggage. And so now it's like 20 years later and he's in France and Claude Virilian sits down next to Paul at a uh, coffee shop. Now, Paul claims that Claude dosed his pastry. <laughs> and so he started to feel a bit woozy, a little weird. And, and Claude is trying to, you know, Claude is Ryle. Claude tries to interview Paul as an American in France. And Paul tells the story of how boring this guy was. And like, doesn't he know who I am? You know, like, so anyway, Paul's whole plan was to take that star David swastika necklace and throw it into the Rhine river. He just wanted to get rid of the damn thing. And so he's sitting there, he decides to put it on his neck before he does this. And, and Claude sits down across from him, Rael. And starts to do this interview for his magazine, but I don't even get that because he wrote about racing. But anyway, 
Hall claims that that Rael snagged that mag that necklace off his neck and ran while he was dosed on his pastry. And the next thing he, we know, this this magazine called Kooks comes out, which I have. And Paul and Rael are both in this magazine. So Paul's looking at himself in this article and then he's flipping through. And next thing he knows, he sees Rael wearing his necklace and it started this extraterrestrial cult and trying to build an embassy in Israel for the Elohim's return. And you know, this whole thing just comes together. It's really crazy. So, so what does Kanye West have to do with all this? Well, Kanye went on Alex Jones and said he loved Hitler. And this became the biggest shitstorm out there. <laughs> Sorry if I lay the, my, my German in there a little bit. I, I never say pardon my French because my mom was French and, and shit's actually German. So pardon my German. Well, you can't say she either. We'll have to edit it soon. Go ahead. Okay. Sorry. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, you know, the, the reason those, those words became bad were, were World War II and, and you couldn't use German in, in polite public anymore. So. That's why those are now curse words, guys. But anyway, where was I? <laughs> you were about to say how Kanye was connected with the oh, magical right, right. Elohim alien waiters. Right, right. <laughs> so we've got this whole thing with Elon and, and him reestablishing people on Twitter. And of course, he, he wouldn't allow Alex Jones back on. But uh, so Alex has Kanye on his show and Kanye just goes in this massive rant about how much he loves Hitler and hates the Jews. And then he says he loves the Jews and still hate, loves Hitler. And, you know, it was, it was crazy. It was kind of fun to watch Alex squirm though. Uh, I, I Have you ever uh, seen anyone actually shut up Alex Jones? I think that's I the first time I've ever seen such a thing. I did. I did. So this is recent. Yeah. Yeah. This was just oh, uh, yeah, last like week, two weeks ago or something like that. Yeah. 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 And so is Kanye still allowed to breathe air loving Hitler the way he does? Well, he put the the Raelian logo, the Star of David with the swastika up on his Twitter page just to cause some incitement, and they banned him. Uncle Elon kicked him <laughs> off. I, I mean, <laughs> why, why would any, what, why would anybody, I'm just saying, what would be the purpose of some famous person doing that? He's trying to break the system. He's like, the Jews are in charge and, and they're, they're ruining my life. And of course, everybody's trying to get him to talk about the Sabbateans or the Zionists and quit saying just Jews, you know, because it's certainly not just Jews, right? And uh, so they're trying to shut him up or at least get him to get more specific. But, you know, Kanye's on the spectrum. And when you, you know, we, we are all rebellious. And so when he got on Alex Jones, he got as rebellious as he could, just trying to be, you know, outlandish. And so this became the biggest story. It didn't matter that we were about to start World War III with Russia. It didn't matter that millions of people are dying from the jab. It didn't matter, you know, all the things going on in the world. Kanye West said he <laughs> loves Hitler. You know, that's the big story of the day. Unreal. Isn't it ridiculous that the celebrity thing is more important than anything else. It's like nothing against any of these people, but it's like, who gives a shit what you have to say? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I've got a lot of celebrity friends and nobody ever knows who they are. I try to boast, you know, <laughs> like I'm friends with Mary Sean Young and Dan Fogler. And they're all like, who? <laughs> I'm like, Damn it. Is that I the even... guy who made the freeze dried coffee? <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Like uh, even even my my celebrity fans are are low totem pole. I mean, come on, Mary Sean Young. You don't know who Mary Sean so, Young is. So what you just one one thing I want to point out is like I have said, those two buildings were built intending to come down from the get go, planned and everything, and nobody. Everyone gets upset when I said that, but you basically said not only was it planned in the blueprints, they were looking for places to put the charges that did it. Yeah. So the Saturday before 9-11, the Twin Towers were shut down and this is unheard of. And then all of this dust starts pouring up out of the the vents and the air conditioning vents in the Twin Towers. And people are like, what is going on? And so the week before is when they went in and replaced the charges. Obviously, it seems. I mean, this is, of course, an assumption. But, you know, when you see dust coming out of there and all of this work going on. So the week before, it appears that they actually replaced the charges, uh, getting ready for this scenario. But I still am on with um, the the dustification. Uh, what's her name? Oh, the, the free fall lady. Yeah. Yeah. Not Alana Freeland. She was the architect. Dr. Judy Wood. Too. Yeah, Judy Wood. Yes. And so I'm still uh, totally along with that. But I say both occurred. You can see the squibs, the the explosions coming out of the side of the building as it pancakes. Uh, but the f- building falling and dustifying shows the, and the, the scarred uh, cars that were burnt in the streets and things. All of this show that there definitely was a space based weapon that was occurred uh, along with the demolition charges. So everybody trying to prove one or the other. They both happened, you know. Well, what's crazy about all this is there's very few people who don't realize that we got hoodwinked. And if we got hoodwinked, what does that tell you about the airlines in this country? Think think back, and I know you're going to remember this because you're like older than dirt like I am, <laughs> almost. Um, remember the first time you ever heard of terrorism, Palestine, and airline in the same world as like Black September or something? And it was in September, of course. But but it, there was an airline involved. The airlines have always been complicit in so many of these little things. But um, look, if there were no planes, what does it tell you? And everyone's all, oh, the airlines are going broke now. No, they're not. They're playing their role. But it, it's crazy. Did you? And you're probably aware of it. Apparently, somewhere in New York City, they moved like a fountain or something to improve the sight line to the twin towers are you aware of that one no yeah do you remember covering that jason yeah yeah i remember hearing about that yeah some someone moved a tower three feet or or i think it was a big fountain i don't exactly remember but someone moved some piece of hardscape about three or four feet to improve a sight line not even kidding that's (laughs) unreal money well spent yes yeah yeah well money's not as i have pointed out money has not been king since the last century so just to, to conclude this thought, so I, because I had spoke of the, the predicting of 9-11 and how I had expected it during the Clinton era. Which it kind of did. Isn't that when the, the basement bomb happened? Wasn't that Clinton? The Oklahoma City bombing? No, no, no. The, ba- the basement of the Twin Towers. Oh, the first one. Bomb. Yes, that yeah. did happen during the Clinton era. Yep. So, so you were kind of right there. Right, I would right. Suggest. Yeah. 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 So, you know, they needed Homeland Security to be formed. So they needed something. So as I, I studied this puzzle and I said, OK, so they brought Bill Clinton out in front of the, the, the world and they announced that he inserted a cigar into his secretary's vagina on international television. 
I, I know. And there was a sperm stain on the dress. It, it was it, it was a new standard of low that has since been normalized. I would, exactly. I would right. So right. a lot of people in, in now don't see how how shocking this moment was. But for me, I was like, they don't do this. They I don't know. do this to a president. Simpsons, X-rated Simpsons in the White House, right? Yeah, yeah, this 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 didn't happen, right? No, this no. this was obviously a plan. So that was the key for me that set me off, right? That was the moment I was like, okay, what are they doing here? So they need to destroy America from within. So the first thing they did was destroy our ideal of the man, the president, by belittling and demeaning him and degenerate. Uh, you know, of course, we all knew of the Clinton body count. We all knew of Waco and the drug running in Mena, Arkansas. I mean, you know, those of us that were paying attention were well aware of the criminal acts of the Clinton family. So I, I was looking at this puzzle. How are they going to take him down? They demean the, the man, the president. The next thing I said that they would do would be force the president into office because that would lose uh, faith in the election system, right? Because we didn't have, okay, I'm going to tie this all up to what's happening right now in the Biden. So the next thing was to force the president into office and make it obvious so that everybody realized the election was stolen. So they did it through Jeb Bush and made it obvious. So that was the conspiracy within the conspiracy. You were supposed to be angry about that. So then I said, okay, uh, the reason I chose W was the the symbolism of even Volkswagen. You'll see that it's two Vs. And this VV symbolism is 66, 66, just like Order 66 in Star Wars. And if you start to look around, you'll see 66 all over the place. Or and WA. 33, Freeman, it would be well, no, 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 no. Let's not get confused. 66 is the number of the fallen angels, according to magical practices in Gematria. So you can go pick up the magician's dictionary and look up. See, I was going around doing all the corporate logos and trying to understand the symbolism. So are you when, talking about the W, though? Is that what you're saying? There's well, two V's brought together? Yeah. OK, so so I, I'm doing all the different corporate logos, looking around, trying to figure them out. And I come across Philip 66. So I, I decided to do the simple thing and just pick mm. out the magician's dictionary and look up what 66 stood for in magic. And it is the fallen angels. Uh, mm -hmm. It is the shells, the excrement, the crazy ones, uh, the the demons, right? And Clefot in, in, in magical terms. So if you look at the Volkswagen logo, you'll see it's two Vs interlaced, making three Vs. Well, in Hebrew, the letter V is six. Right? So, oh, wow. So VVV is 666. So you look at the monster drink logo, it's 666 in Hebrew. That's the Hebrew letter V, Vav. That you see there. If you look at the Volkswagen logo, it's VVV666, but it's also 66 because it's two V's interlaced. So, therefore, it also goes to the Clefot or the Fallen Angels. So, when I saw that they were pushing a W into office, I said, that's who they're going to force into office. And I, I chose that through the magical practice of uh, geometry and decided that was what they were going to go with. So then I knew since they forced the president in office that that would be the year that they actually did the, the, the terrorist act. So I went around telling everyone, hey, there's going to be a major terrorist attack on 9-11. Don't freak out. This is all for your reaction. I said this for uh, the entire year of 2001, you know, until it happened. And, uh, you know, on 9-11, on I had a line outside my door of people screaming at me. How did you know? How did you know? You know, and I'm just like, well, let me try and explain this to you. You know, your your world is run by occultists. Okay, so then I, I you know, I got that correct. I got that correct. And then, uh, so then I said, all right, the next president's going to be ineligible. 
they're going to make a, you know, a constitutionally unviable president, president. And boom, here comes Barack Obama and the birther movement. Now, again, the birther movement was supposed to be known. Anything that comes out in the mainstream press, you're supposed to know about. It wasn't some secret that they you know, got discovered. It wasn't uh, through some flaw that somebody forgot to uh, merge the layers on the PDF that you know, shows that the, the birth certificate was fake. You know, this was all part of the plan because uh, the reason I say that is because I predicted it. Right. So now we look at the Biden, the Biden crime family. Right. And what do we got? We've got a, a degenerate president that's just going downhill fast. That is, you know, accused pedophile. He's sniffing children, doing all of this stuff, you know, and then you could you take the Ashley Biden diary and, you know, and then a hundred bad in a laptop. Anyway, uh, so he's already the degenerate, right? We, we don't have to worry about messaging about his insertions of cigars into vaginas or anything like that. We've got it right in front of us. Uh, he stole the election, right? So they're clearly fraud. We have that whole January 6th scenario where all those people are still in jail. I, I, there's people that uh, perform manslaughter that got less time. I mean, the people in January 6th that are in jail still haven't even been sentenced. And there's not a single one of them in there on an insurrection charge. You know, They changed the word. They don't call it that anymore now, or they're not very often. Yeah, that's because the the insurrection happened and they won, right? That was the Biden family. What happened after they won? They put fences up everywhere, got guards everywhere, right? But so if we start to look at this whole scenario, for me, it was the destruction of America from within. And for me, this whole story ended with Nuremberg too. Now, I've been saying this forever and ever and ever, but I can't seem to find a show where I said it. All right. All right. Hold on right there. Hold the thought for Nuremberg, too. We got to wrap our one, Freeman. Tell folks where they can find you again. All right. Uh, Freeman TV. uh, That's my handle on Twitter as well. So, um, yeah, freemantv.com is your major source for all of my work. But, of course, now I'm on Rockfin since I've been banned from uh, YouTube. So rockfin.com slash Freeman fly. Uh, you can go up there and subscribe. I'm also working on getting away for the members of freemantv.com to get access to Rockfin. I know that they're working on that. So uh, pretty soon membership will include access to my videos on Rockfin as well. So I can't wait for that to happen. All that's coming up next year. Got a big plans for next year. And yeah, it's been 18 years now. Uh, freemantv.com has been rocking and rolling there on the Sheesh. internet, just bringing it all out. All I can say is strange days indeed. Most peculiar, Mama. Someone said that. We'll pick up with Nuremberg 2 on the other side for the full member episode. Um, Bring an hour one of episode 470 to a close. You can get the first hour for free at crow777radio.com. C-R-R-O-W-777radio.com. Members know to log in for the full two hour or two hour plus episode. And of course, all members get free access to Shoot the Moon two-hour award-winning film that basically covers all my scope work and there's all that uh, what can i tell you hour two is going to be as interesting as it can be i mean we're talking to the one man who's been at this probably the longest of anyone i know online who's not like an alex jones or something clearly playing both sides of the fence but there He's it still is alive yeah <laughs> carefully measuring your words to avoid the red dot no i'm making a joke but anyhow join us over at crow triple seven radio for hour two and i'd like to wish you all a happy healthy and higher-minded new era cheers
Ciao. Ciao.